0: DC TV podcast, Happy New Year, and uh, this is episode number 14, back with 2015 with a new, epi- a new episode of Gotham this week called Rogue's Gallery, which uh, chronicles James Gordon's first foray into the Arkham, the brand new Arkham Asylum, and uh, we're also going to be sharing the spotlight tonight on uh, Batman Beyond series, and particularly the Batman Beyond Return of the Joker, we're talking about that, and that's going to be our, our focus for the second half of the show. Uh, joining me tonight, as always, are my personal electrocutioner, uh, Rick Sheldon.
2: There's a bullfrog in my belly.
0: Um, Fish Mooney's personal muscle when Butch isn't around, Daryl Taylor. You trust me, right, Jim? <laughs> hey, we go we go way back. We go way back. Remember, we used to steal the steaks from that place.
3: No, I only stole the pork.
0: I kept the best cuts for myself. I kept the best cuts for myself. And uh, joining us tonight uh, via satellite from the wilds of Texas, a very special guest, Uh, From the It's All Connected podcast and uh, the the Long Box of Doom and all all sorts of other things going on, HHWLOD, The Man, The Myth, The Legend, and uh, Edward Nigma's personal uh, pen pal, Mr. Russ Latham. I'm glad you could join us tonight, Russ, um, since, uh, you know, Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. is on hiatus, and uh, I assume you guys are recording uh, episodes about Agent Carter as well.
1: Yeah, we uh we recorded the first Agent Carter last night and uh we're still hoping we got to figure out a way to make it work um the crossover episode that we've uh that we've been talking about so we can we can have like a round table on on both universes. We have much love for the DC side of things even even uh, on the Absolutely. Talk and
0: that game. first episode of Agent Carter was great. I loved it. Oh, yeah. Well, both of them, I guess, cuz it was like a two-hour premiere.
2: You can check out my yeah. review on HHWLOD.com. All right.
0: Good plug in there, buddy. <laughs> <laughs> but we're not here to talk about uh, It's All Connected and the, the Marvel uh, side of things. We're on the DC side tonight with Gotham, Rogue's Gallery, uh, Episode 11, Season 1, The Return of Gotham. And as we left Jim Gordon last time, uh, he had really pissed off the mayor in quite a, quite a major way. And uh, um, Harvey Dent folded like a house of cards behind sure him did. you know, and he got sent to uh guard duty security guard duty at arkham asylum and that's where we find james they're putting on a production of shakespeare's the tempest at the beginning of this episode um with the uh, the mental patients and it is pretty bizarre pretty pretty weird also i noticed in this episode all through it a lot of um dutch angles you know what i mean like the camera would be tilted just yeah. a little bit to the mm-hmm. left and a little bit to yep. the right Um, a lot of really use of like glass block, uh, lighting, like Michael Mann style, you know, offset like a horror movie. It, it made it look like... It really a, made everything super creepy at art. It was awesome. Yeah. As uh, Jim Gordon is taking over and getting his uh, his chops busted by his new boss who does not like him at all. Someone is uh, experimenting inside the asylum on the patients, electrocuting them uh, to varying degrees. The first uh, person they find is totally fried and, and the, they seem to be refining their method as they go on. Jim Gordon also finds an ally, uh, Dr. Tompkins, uh, in this episode, uh, played by the lovely and talented Marina Bacharin. Of course, um, Dr. Leslie Tompkins has been in batman mythos i think since like the 60s and '70s.
2: 1974 i have her um first appearance it was in 1970
0: she's a uh, basically in batman been known as like Crime alley doctor uh she you know in this she is the the medic the uh the doctor on call at arkham asylum and usually on the women's side but she gets called over to the men's side as these electrocutions keep going on finally uh gordon isn't sure what to do he calls in uh bullock who helps him with the investigation, and that has a whole humorous layer because Donald Logue realizes what's going. You know, it's so funny that you know Bullock started the season hating Jim Gordon so much, mm-hmm. and then when they're reunited in this episode, he's like, "Jim, how you doing, buddy?" And then he uh, you know takes out his boss, you know, yeah. by taking him in for interrogation and stuff like that. The dynamic of their of uh, their partnership,
2: their friendship, has reached the perfect for the Bullock Gordon. Mythos. I mean, I think it's it's right where it needs to be now. I think Bullock yeah. finally
0: respects Gordon. and just doesn't yeah. seem as a as a you know, hard nosed Boy Scout or whatever. Yeah, he does. I, he definitely
3: does.
0: Yeah, yeah. It's cool to see Isaiah Whitlock because I've been
3: on a binge of of The Wire this past couple uh, weeks. Yes, and it's you, so cool to see him.
1: Are you sad that you didn't wait until the high kind of? But you, I love The Wire so much that I just don't even care.
3: I just love watching it. Like I really, it, it could be on whatever, just as long as I can see it. I don't yeah. even. I look at it on my phone if I have to. But it's just he's. Oh man, it's just I just love it. I love his him as an actor anyway. Like when yes. whatever role he's in, you you notice him immediately.
1: He has such a he has such a uh, like a mouse yes! kind of voice, and so. Uh, you know so on this episode uh, this episode and then on the wire when he like lays it on heavy it's like whoa <laughs> where that <laughs> comes from when you want to hate
3: him you hate him like he, <laughs> he really could play it up to ag- agitate the the hero of the story like he's really good at that
2: now he was the director right the director of the asylum
0: mm-hmm. yeah yeah Yeah,
2: I I don't know. I mean, my whole thing was, and I didn't have a problem with him, but it it, and I love this episode It's probably one of my favorite now so far. But one of my problems was I just felt he oversold his his anger with Gordon. I couldn't understand the motivation. And it just seemed to be just a little too over the top. What
3: I got from it was that the mayor pretty much told him, this is the guy I want you to treat like crap.
0: Right. That's what I was getting to is that he was getting pressure from above. Yeah. And then that's why he was coming down so hard on Gordon and, and you know, he's like mm-hmm. telling him stuff like, you know, you think you've fallen as far as you can, you can fall even farther, you know, and put him in he threatened to put him on solitary confinement detail, things like that.
1: But he's he's messing up his his gig, right? I mean, Gordon is a known troublemaker at this point, and you know, the the warden has pretty much got his own little kingdom there, he's doing his own thing, and then you know, here comes Jim Gordon like I said, a known troublemaker that the mayor is kicked over and forced him down his throat. So yeah, that didn't, that didn't, uh, sit. sit I guess it was just... We also
0: have another, uh, a couple of cool subplots going on at the same time as the main plot with Jim and, and Bullock and, and, the asylum. Uh, first of all, Butch, uh, fish Mooney's right hand man, mm-hmm. uh, reaches out to one of, uh, Falcone's lieutenants who stands in, in fish's way, you know, in the line of succession, uh evidently you yeah, because he has seniority and he's an older older he's been in the, the gang longer if falcone were to die you know he would be next in line so butch and it's interesting the way they played in this episode i wasn't sure even right up until the very end you know whether he was playing fish or whether he was playing his friend me too you know i mean it was a very sopranos kind of thing especially when they're out like on the docks standing out out in front of their giant cars you know having these conversations just so, like uh, very much reminded me of the Sopranos and that kind of um,
3: yeah. I kept waiting for the turn, like right. I didn't know which turn was coming. Like was he going to reveal himself?
2: I yeah, I was pretty sure that he was going the way he ended up going, but every ounce of my hatred of Fish Mooney, the character, kept thinking, "Please let him be screwing her over." And I didn't get my wish. It would
0: have been more interesting that way. I mean, this yeah, played yeah. out. Yeah. yeah, I was just to say, we also have a subplot with um, uh, the Penguin. He's calling himself the Penguin now, very proudly. Um, he tries to raise the tax on the fishermen in Gotham and ends up getting a really bad black eye and sitting in jail for a couple of days um, because Moroni wants to teach him the meaning of the word hubris. So, you know, he gets a vocabulary lesson in jail. The moment in that
2: scene, the moment where Moroni gives him that last little speech about hubris and then he gives him the little pat on the side of the head... Just that, that click of subtle change in his eyes. Not, not, none of the rest of his expression changed. Just his eyes. I was like, oh, he's putting him on the mental list now. Uh, well, that little speech he
0: gives to me says, you know, you're a smart monkey, but you're a monkey. And I'm the yeah, keeper. You know, that really like kind of, you could tell that really chafed his groin or whatever. You know what I mean? I just did not. Yeah. I mean, you that, know, that,
3: he... You know he's going to betray this guy and kill him anyway, period. I mean, you knew that's going to come, right, but now right. I'm going to torture you now. Like, it's not going to be quick when I kill you. Well,
2: yeah, and before it was, we knew he was at some point he's going to often him because it's just a necessary step in his overall plan to become who he's going to become. But now it's not a ne- just a necessary step anymore. Now he's going
0: to enjoy. He probably it won't again. make it so enjoyable for him either. Oh yeah, You're right. A couple of other subplots before we get back to the main thing. Cat, um, uh, A.K.A. Uh, Selina Kyle, and her friend uh, Ivy. Uh, she finds her friend Ivy on the street, suffering from you know flu, fever, mm-hmm. of some sort, and uh, takes her up to Jim Gordon's apartment to get well. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and to crash his apartment, because evidently he must be sleeping at the asylum. Uh, is the hint with her... Did did people... Did they experiment on her already? I don't know. They, they really, I mean, she really be. hates
3: doctors. Like, the way that she reacted when she said um, that she wanted to take her to a doctor or something. Like, she reacted like no more doctors. Like, she's been...
2: Well, I was thinking possibly because she was taken into the system, you know, they, they do all kinds of medical this and that on them, you know, especially when – that's what I was thinking, but now that you bring it up, I'm thinking you might be right there. Because
3: with Ivy, that's what makes me think of that, just because it was Ivy out of the group, um, maybe they started to do
0: some type of experiments on her, maybe, I don't know. Well, this sets up um, probably the, the, the funniest mm-hmm. moment of the episode when Barbara Gordon calls – uh, after Montoya uh, dumps her, uh, calls Gordon's apartment, and Ivy answers the phone.
1: I that was my eye rolling yeah. moment for yeah. the episode. I'm I'm like seriously, you can't figure out that's a kid, and then my daughter's like, yeah, she's probably high though, and I'm like,
2: yeah, it's yeah, a good you're, day,
1: right. <laughs> you're right, but you're right.
2: Well, on top of that, we're it's... seeing the unraveling of Barbara Gordon or. what's her maid whatever barbara we're seeing
1: barbara yeah
2: we're seeing that unraveling that that historically we know from the comics um i just i mean to me the writers are going in a direction with it though that it's gonna make it to me maybe too soon to have her over the complete edge because damn it she needs to marry jim we need batgirl and we can't have batgirl without her having jim's kid well they could pull
0: her back i mean i don't think
3: she. Well, I guess.
2: Hey, this yeah. is Earth but Gotham. It's there, though.
0: Remember, this is Earth Gotham. This is an alternate timeline. I mean, yeah, you know, right. Selena right. Kyle being present at the Wayne's murder is like a giant continuity change right there. I mean, mm-hmm. you know, this is his own, it's like the Walking Dead TV show and the Walking Dead comic. I mean, it's its own thing. It's its own Batman continuity now. Can,
1: can I say, as much as people gripe about Fish Mooney, which at at times can be eye-rolly, but at times it, it actually works for me, I, th- I think... I think Jada Pinkett Smith does does a. I, it's, I'm very hot and cold on that character, um, but I think the highs are, are fairly high, and the lows are just kind of eye y But, man, I do not like. I don't know if it's the actress choices or what, but the, but the the actress is playing Barbara and Montoya. Just like every time I see them on screen, I. If just I to can punch if I teammate. can put this in arrow terms,
0: is. Bar- Barbara is the Laurel. Ugh. Of Gotham yeah she is she's like the one character that's like so annoying I don't care about her it's like she's totally ancillary
3: well even with really stupid to be
0: ever included and she's taking time away from other storylines that I am interested and invested in so because I don't
3: like at first I thought like when she went when she did the really dumb thing of going to coming back into town and that whole thing at least she thought okay she loved but she did love Jim enough that she put herself in jeopardy. I can, you can now that she's learned her lesson like you can't really do that. You you make it worse. Then maybe she'll be better, but now she's just totally like selfish. She's like, "Oh, Renee doesn't want me. Okay, I'll go back to Jim." Wait, Jim has the nerve to have a girlfriend? I'm angry now with Jim. Like it just doesn't um yeah. There's just nothing to hold on to to like her. Like I know eventually she's going to leave. If they do keep with that formula, she's going to leave Jim eventually. You know, for people that know the books, but at least give us something to like before we even get to that point. Right.
2: I mean, she's flipping psychotic. I'm pretty sure they hired my ex-wife to be the technical advisor (laughs) for her character. I mean, I I agree with you, Russ. I can't stand either of them, but. the only reason why I have the hatred for fish more than them is just she's too Joel Schumacher-y and that bad, bad Earth Kitt Kit impression that she does.
1: And there's there's just times when it just works. Like I, I don't know, I can't explain mm-hmm. it. There's there's times when it's just it's she pulls it back just enough where it's still kind of it's it's still kind of I, I can't even say campy, but just...
3: when she trained a girl, I think that's when it worked for me the most. Yeah, that's yeah. Good.
2: I will yeah. agree that that was not that bad. Yeah, I mean, but the thing is, is when it when she does pull it back it's it's passable at best you know i just mm-hmm. i i really am ready for that character to be
0: gone yeah i've i've seen i agree I, i've seen less of the campy portrayal with her as it been as the show has been going on i really well i'll get to it later but i really think the show is finding a good tone it's finding a good groove i mean yeah after after kind of vacillating for yeah, a few, few episodes it, it really seems like it's kind of found its tone because uh, even yeah, the
3: barber stuff I, is little. Like, they, they yes, really kept it short. Yes. Right. Yes. It's
0: good.
1: I, I think of all these shows, like, if you look at any of them that if, – if there was, like, a most improved, uh, you know, superhero show category or even most improved TV show, I would say at this point, I would say Gotham probably wins it. Because after the first couple episodes, I was kind of like, eh, I don't know. The writing to me was just really, really weak. Um, and after like the last, I don't know, four or five episodes, it's like once it got past that first five episodes, it kind of it's almost like it got out of its own way. Uh, and it and it really it, it really improved. Like I look at, at these last couple episodes and compare them to the first two. And it's almost like are, did they fire all the writers and just like rehire everybody? Like what, you know, something something happened.
3: Well, it is an up and down thing. And, and I wouldn't be surprised. Well, I mean, with first seasons, I wouldn't be surprised if there was, you know.
2: Yeah, and on top of that, when when the Gotham pilot aired, they only had six episodes in the can. So that means by the time they're filming the seventh one, or they're working on the seventh one, they're already starting to get feedback from fan reaction, critics, all that kind of thing. Sure. So, you know, it kind of makes sense. I mean, this was episode 11. So it kind of makes sense that maybe, you know, they've listened to the feedback. I mean, this is, is... I, I, in my review, I wrote, I I forgive them for balloon man now because of this episode. And I agree. It's probably one of the most improved, you know, it's kind of, kind of neck and neck with Constantine because I, even though I've been enjoying Constantine and Gotham from the first episodes, both shows have gotten to the point where just before, like a couple of weeks before they went on their breaks, It just got super good, super well shot, great storytelling and everything. And then now we come back to this and I'm looking forward, of course, to Constantine. So, um, you know, it's really good to see. And I'm hoping that I mean, Gotham, I think, had a future for a little while anyway. But now I think Constantine may be winning back to where it's going to. You know,
0: we might get more. let hope so, because I, I like, like, I mean, we've all been big fans of that show. Um, yeah. yeah. After after that stumbling out with the pilot a little bit. Anyway, back to uh, Gotham. Mm-hmm. Uh, Gordon continues his uh, investigation of Arkham by, by first of all, it was a really great interrogation sequence with uh, the uh, asylum inmates. Yeah. Uh, with all, all at varying yeah. varying degrees of uh, yeah. coherence, uh, but one in particular sticks out: Jack Gruber. Um, and, yes. and, and, Rich, uh, you, yes. you texted me during this yes. <laughs> to ask if you thought that, if I thought that he was actually Dr. Hugo strange,
1: I had the yeah. same thought. I yeah, thought that
0: cause... too. I was yeah.
3: way fun to reveal
2: the name. I put that in my review on dot com as well. So, I mean, yeah, I mean, as soon as he saw him on screen, I'm like, that's Hugo strange. And then they, they gave that name and I'm like, okay, it's not Hugo strange but he looks like Hugo Strange.
0: Especially with the yeah. glasses. Yeah. Yeah, and the shape of the head and everything. Um, there is a character called the Electrocutioner in uh, in uh, the comic books. And um, I was thinking that this character might be a uh, the, you know, the, the guy using, by using the electrocution and this might be like a forebear to that. Right. Because he we used to have... use electrocution to like, uh, deal out uh, justice to criminals. Well,
3: that would make sense.
0: Anyway, um, he he goes through interrogating all of them. Then he realizes that uh, the one person that he really hasn't interrogated on the staff is this nurse played by Alice Beasley, character actress Alice Beasley, going back to Moonlighting. I don't know if you re- recognized her. Oh, she's Mr. Really- Pesto. Yeah, yeah Mr. Yeah. Pesto. She's been in a million shows, though. Anyway. He went she went out with Booger. Yeah, her and Booger were in. Yep. Yeah. Oh, well. yeah.
1: Wasn't she Kirk on Armstrong. Benson?
0: She was on Benson. If you look at her IMDb, it goes all the way back to like the 70s. It's it's really... uh. She was on a lot. She's doing a lot of different things, Alice Beasley. But it it was really weird. It was like, do you remember the episode where they had Lily Taylor? And when Lily Taylor popped up, you knew that something, you know, she she had something to do with what was going on because it was Lily Taylor.
1: It was Mm -hmm, the same deal with this.
0: When I saw that they had cast Alice Beasley, I'm like, wait a minute. Yeah, that's said sums up with her. Sums up with her. Yeah. She was on the original taxi. She was on the original Cheers. Um she's been yeah, like going back to eighty two.
2: That's why I because I mean it, it it telegraphed to me too, you know, I'm like, okay, it's her. She's you know, I wasn't sure if she I didn't know about the her being an actual patient, but I was like, It's her. And then when they take her off and then all of a sudden we get the twist that it's not her because she's one of the victims, I'm like, uh Okay, I didn't see that coming.
0: That was and good. What a way to die! And that they were. Oh, like, yeah. He was electrocuting him not yeah. to execute them or whatever, but to try to um, influence their behavior. Mm-hmm. Like the one test subject he does, you know, he zaps the guy, but all he can do is quote from the Shakespeare play or whatever. But then the last guy that he or the one guy that he takes with him, he's able to, to control completely and cause to you know to murder and, and to be his muscle uh, on his uh, on his escape from Arkham. Um,
2: the guy who never heard a fly, right. Except for when he murdered his four family members or whatever.
0: <laughs> I just, the scene that I, the scene that really got me in this, um, when all the inmates are, are free from their um, their cells, it's like a crowd of like thirty or forty of them, and Jim Gordon is standing in front of this fence with with uh, with yes. Doctor Tompkins, and he tries to like shout them down. <laughs> He tried, so it, it was, that was awesome it was Like such a good Jim Gordon moment uh, just fits with his character so far on the show yeah what are you playing at you get back in your cells right now And, it and I almost for worked. One it, second, is this gonna work
1: it almost worked yeah and then he just punched that yeah. guy in the face it was like it was tough. damn it was really he was I mean he that was like the second guy in like 30 seconds that he punched like square okay. in the face it was but, yeah, I thought that scene was awesome because if you think about it, these guys, you know, have mental deficiencies. They're locked up. They're used to being ordered around and told. So it wasn't, like, out of the realm of possibility that in that moment for somebody to assert authority on them that they would just stop and be like, whoa, wait a minute. What, what, what are we doing? And then, you know, then, then reality sets in. I'm not listening
0: to you anymore. Gruber does uh, do Jim uh, a Solid. He kills the boss that he hates on his way out and leaves him a note. Sure does. Leaves him a note. And says, "You know, I'm glad to have met you, Jim." But you know, blah blah blah. Hopefully, wouldn't I've have been a great
3: him. if he just said, "I
0: can't curse." But would it be great if he does that line he always does? But
3: he goes shh, and he does the thing. Oh man, that would have been awesome. Oh man, that would have been awesome. I would have clapped awesome.
1: out loud. Oh, oh. I would have did that.
2: Oh. One of the things that annoys me there, and obviously it was designed to do this, but you know, he revealed to Bullock, you know, yeah, there, there, there are uh, strange things afoot at Arkham Asylum. There's more on than what you're seeing on the surface, and it, now it died with him. You know. So. No,
3: what, what, he, what he, I thought what the line was was the underlining thing of Bullock was like, I'm gonna get in you to get these answers, but I know to stop at a certain point because we're still in Gotham and there's some things that you don't want to find out. Like in, in that, yeah, yeah that was the I thought that that was the underlining thing that they got. Like I'm gonna come in and I'm still Bullock and I'm a, you know, I'm Bullock and I'm I'm a better cop than I was, but still I want to live. So we're not gonna do all of that. We're not gonna. You know, bust up everything. We're gonna get this case solved, but that's it.
0: Episode ends pretty much where it began with uh, Gordon still at Ar- still stuck at Arkham. Mm-hmm. Now with a couple of murders on his hands uh, and a, a serial killer on the loose. Um, that was the end. Yes, that's the end of the episode. And a well, nemesis. Now, a, now, yeah, now well, the, he has a nemesis. You know, or yeah. his first uh, of many yeah. to come, I guess. Because mm-hmm. <laughs> it is Jim Gordon we're talking about.
2: What I really liked about this episode, other than the fact that I thought the whole mystery, the whole thing around Arkham, all of that was really great, was that, you know, of course we're watching and we want to see, you know, him eventually evolve into the Commissioner Gordon that we all know and love. But I really like, so we don't want him to be somebody that gets dumped off in Arkham and, and, you know, that's where his career goes from there. But I like him being there. I, I really, I would be okay for, like, the rest of the first season. He stayed at Arkham and we got...
3: He's left alone pretty much to do his own thing. Right. Plus...
1: And and if you think about it, it makes him... You know, Gordon is kind of like the cop's cop, right? And he's, you know, the ultra do-gooder, but yet at the same time has his own set of flaws. And I think the stint at Arkham just kind of helps make him more of a well-rounded cop. Like, He's the de- you know he's obviously been a beat cop and worked his way up then he was a detective uh, it, you know it seems like at a fairly young age with a, with maybe a little bit of help uh, and now he's he's kind of been taken down a peg and put on guard duty at Arkham so he's gaining all this different experience all these contacts kind of understanding crime works how criminals work you know how insane people Garth, you know, of work. are for them in... it,
3: it appear, he right. appears to be in charge of, of security pretty much sure. Plus, right. I can see
0: that adding like a, a different, a whole new layer uh, to Gordon's uh, like appreci- Well, I won't say appreciation, but his understanding of Arkham Asylum, right. knowing knowing that he worked there at one point. I mean, adding that to his history like adds, adds, I think, like a whole new layer of of gravitas to that.
2: That and it and it'll be easy for him to deal with and accept that it's okay that there's a guy running around in tights pretending he's a bat uh, doing this vigilante work. So, so yeah, but I mean, my my point, what I was making was too, is, uh, you know, I, it's not that I've, I've loved this character since the pilot episode and I think McKenzie has done a great job with him, but it's, this is the first time, I mean, not that I didn't appreciate Jim Gordon before, but I really was on his side. I was so behind him in this episode. I really liked the way the character was portrayed for this,
3: Episode. And they also, the conversation he has with uh, Thompson, it kind of, Tompkins, it, it really, um, they remind you or they let us know. Because remember we talked about early on that eventually you would like to think that Jim Gordon starts to, he becomes like a, a symbol for the other cops to kind of do better. And, right. And little by little, he'll probably bring, he'll, he'll bring some others to his side of trying of, of being more of an honest cop than they were before and yeah. you kind of with talking to her and how she oh a lot of people have been talking about you and you kind of get a sense that his reputation is starting to grow a little bit and he is getting and not everybody hates him it's not you know like you, there are people yeah. that actually like you yeah. you know and like what you're doing because you're not backing down
2: and Well, and he's, you know, all of those other people that are starting to really appreciate him and, and use him as a symbol is they all wish they were the one that would have the huevos to stand up to the, the mayors and all of that. And, you know, now now there's somebody just like them who did, you know, and I
3: like the chemistry with them, with, with both of them, too. They didn't overdo it. Yeah. With Leslie and him. Yeah. Like I could see if this in this world they wind up do becoming a couple, I could I could see it. I hope it happens slowly. He
0: has more chemistry with her than he does with Barbara.
3: He does. Yeah. And it, I mean, you know, I'm like sorry to say it, but... But what I like is that they're confidants and I can see them being good friends mm-hmm. also. Like, right. that yeah. could be someone he can talk to about cases because that's something that he can't have with, with Barbara is being able to talk about these cases and trust that she can understand and, right. and kind of trust his, you know, like he can talk to her and they can work things out and then not, you know, and she knows not to do certain things because
0: this is Gotham. Right, she's a lot closer to his world than, than Barbara is.
3: Now,
2: in the comic books, you know, in the early on when she was first introduced and then later in the 90s when she was prevalent as well, there's two backgrounds with her. One was, you know, she was a colleague and a friend and, and of Thomas Wayne, and, and he was kind of a mentor to her, and then she kind of becomes a mentor to Bruce after uh, Thomas and martha die then on the flip side the other origin of her was instead she she does become somewhat of a mentor to bruce but her and alfred are the are the ones that get romantically involved i'm just wondering if either aspect of those if they're going to take anything from that stuff as well because i think that'd be kind of cool and i could see this version
0: age i Thing. Yeah. They Although Alfred in Alfred. The Gotham in Gotham, uh, Alfred is pretty badass. So. He is. Say, Alfred <laughs> isn't <laughs>
2: that old. You know, and I think that yeah. I could see this, this this iteration of Alfred being the badass that could get the hot doctor,
3: you know? But they kind of, but the way that she kind of looked at him in the eyes and
0: the way yeah. they kind of had that connection, I kind of think. It's Marina Bacharin's son. You don't throw that to your B-lister on your cast. Right. You know, you don't, you don't, you don't put yeah. her with the B-list on the cast. You go with the A-lister on the cast with your Marina Bacharin's. She's a love interest. I think she's going to be the love interest for this, for her, for Jim down the line. She's always going to be a Nara to me. Yeah. Me too. Yeah. Okay. So thumbs up for you on the next episode of Gotham. Yeah.
2: Oh, oh, wait, wait. If
0: you want to go to our our Facebook group, DC TV podcast, oddly enough is called is what it is called. And we have some really great stuff posted there. The one thing I really wanted to point out that I really enjoyed a lot. Raphael Sands put up for us. The uh, Mark Guggenheim, the producer of arrow is married to the showrunner slash screenwriter for agent Carter. Uh, Tara butters yeah. and they interviewed one another about their prospective shows um, And it was really it's a really cool interview. It's really fun Because um, kind of know you know what questions to ask each other because you know, they're married right. and stuff But uh, that's on this that's on the uh, the Facebook group uh, We have we always pretty keep it pretty well stocked with a lot of the DC TV and movie news so you know come follow us on the Facebook's we really appreciate it they an email DC TV at HHWLOD.com. You can get a hold of us there as well. If you want to send us your thoughts on the latest episode of Gotham. What you want to see in The Flash or Arrow or Constantine going forward. Tell us what you think about iZombie. That's, that's been teased by CW. is coming soon. Yeah. We also, uh, Mark Guggenheim also said uh, this past week that he promises the Suicide Squad will return to Arrow. And one of the actors has teased the existence of Hive in uh, the Arrow universe, which is interesting considering how many groups they have. You know, they have already going around League of Assassins and everything else. So, also another bit of news on Constantine: uh, Mark Margolis from uh, Breaking Bad, remember Ding Ding Ding, that guy mm-hmm. um, in the wheelchair. Oh, yeah. He is going to be playing Felix Faust oh, yeah. on Constantine. Pretty cool. He's a great actor.
3: Yeah, I can see that.
0: And they keep dipping. Uh, oh yeah. They keep dipping further and further into the continuity there with, you know, every uh, episode. So, in the Hollywood Reporter, they said that it's possible that the Supergirl show that is in uh, production now with, rumored to be, uh, headed by Gemma Atkinson, whose work I'm really not familiar with, but she definitely looks the part. Uh, Very attractive young lady. possible the Supergirl show could cross over with Arrow and The Flash and be in the same universe, so... We keep talking about a DCU, like, happening even before the movies come out. Uh, if you want to read reviews from Gotham from not only uh, Aaron Neuwirth, who's been a guest on the show, but also Rich the Chub Toad Sheldon himself has reviewed this very episode of Gotham that we are speaking about, you can check it out on the DCTV uh, podcast Facebook group as well. We have that up there, uh, too, with the midseason sizzle reel from CW up there. Uh, also, The Flash won favorite new TV drama on the People's Choice Awards. Uh, pretty sweet. We also have an interview there with Robin Lloyd Taylor, who plays Penguin. You know, Oswald Cobblepot on Gotham. Pretty interesting guy. Pretty interesting interview. So that's all available for you on the uh, the DC TV podcast Facebook group. Okay, and uh, since we only had one show to cover this week, uh, that being Gotham, uh, we decided we uh, are throwing another DC Spotlight up as we did last week with uh, um, Batman Assaults on Arkham. This time the spotlight is going up on Batman Beyond: Return of the Joker, the full-length animated feature. I would I would call the capstone, the the conclusion, I guess, of the Batman Beyond story. It yeah. uh, came, came out in two thousand, directed by Kurt Gaeta. It has a lot. It has a lot of the cast of the the cartoon show, including Will Friedle as Terry McGinnis. Um, basically, for 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 people like Chub Toad who have never seen Batman Beyond before. I don't know how that's possible.
2: I have now.
0: Well,
2: this is like the one of the most awesome animated features Warner Brothers DCs put out that I've seen since yesterday.
0: That you've seen since yesterday. All right.
3: <laughs>
0: the um, The premise is it takes place in the the uh, not too distant future, and uh, Batman or Bruce Wayne is is too old to be Batman now, so he is uh, passed on his uh, his mantle and a cybernetic suit. Uh, to a young man by the name of Terry McGinnis, who has become the new Batman, uh, a Batman Beyond, if you will. This was a great series. If you haven't seen it, it's all on Netflix. Um, I know, Russ, you've seen it all. Daryl, you've seen it all. I've seen it all. Give, it, give me the short bullet points of what what makes this cool. What why why should somebody seek it out? Like Jeb Toad, who hasn't seen it.
3: Like I know, for me, it just took the. It did like a comic for me, like the way that it was so mature and the way that it took the story of Batman. That first episode where it was kind of a movie and it showed Batman in a different suit, you know, older, trying to take down a criminal, having a heart attack. To survive, he he had to take a gun and he almost like he almost shot the guy. I mean, and and, I mean, and that was just in the very beginning. I mean, to see that. Was just the imagery of that, and and the way that Batman was like, I can't do this anymore. It it was just, um, he I haven't seen Batman like that in a while. Not not in a cartoon. Like a, I've read comics like that, but to see that in an actual cartoon and to be included like that, it just it just was something that, that grabbed me right away.
0: I always thought it kind of mixed the best parts of Batman and Spider Man. Like you have the young the young guy the young kid who's a teenager who's trying to mix. Mm-hmm school and super heroics and trying to learn how to be this hero or whatever. And then on the other side, you have the whole Batman mythos behind it and and everything going on. And I thought it was a good use of of continuity from the Justice League uh, Superman animated series, Batman animated series, you know, Dinnyverse, whatever you want to call it. Uh, It was definitely tied into that. In fact, the epilogue to the story was one of the last episodes of Justice League Unlimited called, oddly enough, Epilogue that uh, explains a lot about Terry McGinnis uh, as he talks to an advanced inner-age uh, Amanda Waller. Um, One of my favorite episodes. Yeah, yeah. It...
1: That I think Epilogue is my favorite animated episode I've ever seen in my entire life. I mean, it, it, that to me, I, I was so happy when they decided to do that because I loved Batman Beyond so much. I thought Return of the Joker was brilliant and the show, I, I thought just ended pre I mean, that show could have went on for six seasons and I'd have been perfectly happy. And I, I get why they cycle through these things the way they do. But it never really had like any kind of conclusion or not, not I mean, not that you really in superhero stuff need a, need a quote ending, but to see to see where they took it further from from the the TV show. Uh, and you know we get an older Terry and even older Bruce and and you know the really old Amanda Waller and then they they weave this this story of Bruce and you know kind of kind of in his prime uh, and and just it kind of gave I can't even say like a happy ending because it, I don't I don't know that you know any of those characters ever really you would expect them to have a happy ending but it kind of you felt like they had some closure. At the end of that epilogue, it did, because episode, it was so huh?
3: weird. Because it had you had Barbara had, and Bruce had a relationship that yeah. never worked out, and then she kind of moved on, and she did get married, and she did eventually take her father's job. I mean, so she kind of had a life. I mean, right. for the most part, she was able to make a life for herself. And you find out Tim's deal eventually, yeah. but uh, with with Terry, like it kind of you needed that. Terry needed yeah. to kind of get that okay to get past where he was like he he just he was kind of in that mode of I could never be happy I could never right. have a future and he kind of needed to hear all this stuff
0: and, and I it was think cool. batman
3: yeah it was, it was cool and plus there was an arc there was a long arc between batman and amanda waller yes especially in yes. the animated version mm-hmm. and this like she came to first hate him want to destroy him have a grudging respect for him, and then got to the point where she she really believed in him, and still to this day, as warped as she is, she still handled it wrong. I mean, <laughs> even she got to the right conclusion in the right, you know, like we needed Terry to be Batman, but she still did it the wrong way because that's always going to be Amanda Waller, though the end just, justifies the means, always. And just
1: yeah, yeah, they're two, two, you know different sides of the same coin but it was cool with terry too because he he always kind of had a little bit of animosity towards bruce because bruce treated him like the kid but they didn't really play that up too much in the show and to see this epilogue episode where he's like him and bruce are are done like they're 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 beyond them no pun intended beyond them you know he's beyond him and then you know he's broken up with dana and so to kind of have that moment at the end where Dana kind of comes back to him, and they they kind of have their moment together, where he's finally able to just realize this is who I am, this is who he is. I I'm okay with with things the way they are, and I can finally just get past whatever anger and hurt and uh, you know all these emotions that are that are kind of set up. I don't know. It was just it was, just, it was so well done. You know done. what it made me I mean, feel just, like when I read so well the JMS
3: a story where Aunt May found out. Peter Parker with Spider Man that one night, yeah, and that conversation yeah. they had, like it was a revelation that that Peter Parker needed, like that sense of relief that he needed yeah. to kind of find out it was something missing, and he knew it, and it just to kind of get that sense of relief from from finally, it was like a weight off of his shoulders. I think it's kind of what he got with Dana because she knew, like they even threw in that she knew he was Batman by then, right? But he was just worried that she would get killed. Yep, you know, because an enemy would want revenge, and that kind of what kept him from, from moving on from that and, and having even though they kept going back and forth, like they get the hint that
0: they they break up, they get back together, they break up, they get back together, it kind of yeah, like Peter Parker and MJ, and yeah. <laughs> And yeah. uh, she almost does get killed in this, in this movie, uh, in the night Yes, the she time. does a couple of times. Yeah. Yeah. But to include that
3: in the, I think what was so amazing is to include that in a, just in a thirty-minute cartoon. Like to have that yeah. much emotion in it, and in such yeah. a, you know, short story, it's just, um, I think that's something that, that Batman Beyond was really good at. Like they really. The, the whole thing with Terry and wanting Bruce's acceptance and, and and you know, like wanting to, at first, like he was kind of like the Jason Todd of Jason Todd had got his act together. Like he had yeah. that, he always yeah, had yeah. that edge. He always had that edge to him. I think he was a little bit too much like Bruce Wayne. Like Bruce and him were a little too much alike. And I think if you write Jason right, they both had that same temperament of you man, you don't tell me what I'm gonna do," and you know, like they always had that thing that clashed with each other, but they kind of worked it out to get the job done and 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 that and Terry as as the series progressed, you always got that he still fought against him a little bit, and they kind of had that biting sense of humor with each other. And and the jokes that they would do because they threw in some you know there was some funny they would throw in some funny one-liners all throughout yeah. the 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 show yeah and it kind of that was just their relationship it was the kind of relationship that they had and it it just um, I don't know, it just worked so well
0: on on in the cartoon for me yeah. I really like the, the, the design too, the production design of the cartoon, mm-hmm. the way the yeah. future looked. Uh, it had a very distinct look from you know the, yeah. like when they have the flashback sequence in this movie, you know and they go back to you know they, Barbara tells the story to to Terry about what happened that night, you know with with Tim and the Joker and, and all that we'll get to it in a minute. You can you know the immediately the art style changes, like the the color palette changes, the the way the city looks changes. And it's just a really uh, cool look. I mean, especially that, like the opening uh, title sequence to the cartoon. Yeah, I think yeah. that was wasn't that done by Darwin Cook, I think, or he had like some oh. art contribute to it or whatever. But um, oh. I just I really like the look of the series as well as the way the characters were portrayed. It's really... sense of danger too.
3: Like the, the, I mean, he had some really dangerous villains, right? That Terry had yeah. to fight. Like, like he. They were killers. I mean, you know, when he had the 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 woman who turned into like the ink, ink. type, yeah. ink, ink. And, yeah. and the slicers and the spellbinder, uh, even powers. Shriek, Razakool when he came back, that whole thing was creepy. The splicer. Yes. You want to talk about creepy? Taking yeah. over your daughter's body and then seducing yeah. Bruce, and then that was just like, how did that get yes. past the? Yeah.
0: When
2: that, uh,
3: <laughs> wow really
0: yeah gotta yeah, check this show out man
2: <laughs> wow i was gonna ask too is is like in the movie because i i can't remember I, I don't know if i caught the guy's name the one that looks like a scarecrow is he supposed to be some futuristic version of scarecrow
0: no he's one of the well, no. well he's
2: and, in the and future, is he voiced by, by j- christopher
0: walken well no actually it was voiced by michael rosenbaum <laughs> Who played Lex Luthor <laughs> well, and, uh, and on it, Smallville, and he also played yeah. the Flash on the Justice League cartoon. But right. uh, yeah, it was obviously Christopher Walken's voice. But in the uh, in this um, in the World of Batman Beyond, there's a gang called the Jokers, and they all do variations of you know clown makeup or Halloween costumes or things like that. So.
1: Ghoul. He plays the character's name is Ghoul, and one of the things they did uh, one of the weekly. Uh, comic series that DC brought on was the Batman Beyond as a weekly uh, as, as a weekly 99 cent weekly comic and then they did 2.0 which is like you know season two um, and Ghoul plays a pretty big part in uh, in that comic especially in season two the Jokers play a huge part in uh, in the first season of that uh, of that weekly um, which is is pretty crazy but that movie was just so I mean What's weird with it too is the controversy, you know, that they had to make, you know, even though it it was direct to video, they had Um, to make changes um, to it it happened
3: what two thousand, but then they had the Columbine high school massacre that happened in in 1999. yeah. So that really, you know, it really it hurt this movie. (laughs) Like it really, they really had to think back. Like they weren't even sure, you know, how they were going to deal with this. They were so worried about it.
1: Cause I think the original intention was this was supposed to be theatrically released, but they, yeah, but they were a little skittish because Mask of the Phantasm didn't do so well, and then I think like you're saying because of the the changes and and the whole Columbine thing, I think they were a little, I think they got kind of skittish, um, but it it really it, it did pretty well, and it I, it was almost like a precursor to kind of them starting this direct to video. Uh, you know concept because they did they did several batman related direct to video that you know sub zero and the um, mystery of the batwoman and you, you know yeah, absolutely
0: and uh the there is a not rated version of the movie but yeah. one, the version that did come out was rated PG-13 yeah for violence and it was the first uh, animated batman film uh to get a PG-13 rating yeah i remember trying to find the uncut version yeah,
1: and it was.
3: It wasn't easy. <laughs> like yeah. I really had to look. In certain stores, they didn't release it to all stores. They didn't get the uncut. Yeah, what's they, different in the uncut? The
1: ending. Mm-hmm. So and a the, lot.
3: Well, everything a little bit. Like they took out the knives right. and the yes. uncut. Like there, there's use of the batarang to cut. Like it cut the dummy when he was throwing practicing when he was throwing it and cut off the dummy's head. They took that out. Like any type of blood they took out they even took out some oh, they of changed the punching. color yeah they changed the color and even yeah. some of the amount of punching that was in the movie they took out a little they took out some scenes but the even main thing killed the cook
1: they took yeah. out kill
3: the cook yeah
1: but the main thing was the end right because i think in yeah. the in in the unrated version he slips and falls against the uh, the elect the the high voltage thing, right? And he yeah.
3: Ele- before he, Robin he, pulls the trigger, he slips on his own, and, right. and kills himself by accident,
0: right. Right. But in the unrated version, Tim Drake he kills him, with, him. Yeah. Right. He, he point shoots blank. He kills with,
3: him. Yeah. Right, and um, and even in the beginning, when Joker shoots and kills the um. One of the gang body was supposed to twitch and stuff as he's dying, and they took that out. Mm. Yeah, and they, and they moved. They took off the. It was supposed to be surgical equipment on on the table to show you that they had done terrible things to Robin.
1: Yeah, yeah.
3: And they took that out. They said that would. They 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 felt that that was too severe, so they yeah. took that out and put little things like cream cheese and and stuff like that on the table instead
1: it it was crazy too because it um there was a real mystery with it you know batman you know there's always like the detective aspect and sometimes they do it well sometimes they don't do it well and the one cool thing about this this movie is as you're watching it i mean it was very cinematic i mean it was almost it was very noir very a uh, crime thriller because you're watching it you know the joker comes back you hear his voice it's it's um uh, uh, you know, it's Mark Hamill, there's no question, that was a you know, highly touted beforehand, and you're like, How's he doing it? Like is he did he clone himself? Is he you know, is is it not really him and it's there's even know, a robot or you know, there's even a red hair- herring
0: the character in the in the movie uh named Price, uh Jordan mm-hmm. Price, who yes. uh, who Mark Hamill also voices and who has like yes. the shape of the head of like the Joker to to throw you off the trail of who the identity of the new Joker really is. And it worked because it kept me guessing all the
3: way to yes. the very end. Even when you when he says it, it has to be that it has to be him. I still said, "Is it?" Like I, I yeah. And it and it yes. wasn't straightforward. It really wasn't Tim. It was Tim, but it wasn't
1: Tim. Right. And it's it was so messed up. It's like you you really felt bad for Tim. Like between the fact that he's he's kind of like this sad sack older guy look like a hero like, like you nev-
3: first time you ever yeah. see one of the the robins grow up and they, he did not look heroic at all they drew no. him as he was shorter no. he was just a mild dude like he he in the room he looked he didn't look like anything like he would be any type of of, of superhero vigilante or anything like that like it just yeah. Like, when I saw yeah. it, when you eventually see him, you go, that's him? That can't be him.
1: And that's the genius of it, because it would be so easy to just make him, you know, where he continued his career, did his own thing, but, you know, they, and that's overall for me the genius of Batman Beyond, because the, the kind of thing you expect is Tim takes over or Dick takes over. Or, you know, depending on the comic version or whatever, uh, you know, one of them takes over the mantle of Batman. Um, And the fact that they went the complete opposite direction with this, they were like, we're throwing it all away. Like, Bruce is such an a-hole that he has alienated everyone in his life. He's pushed everyone away. He's pushed, you know, he's pushed Dick away. He's pushed Tim away. He's pushed... Barbara away. He, Alfred's not around anymore. He's got the dog and that's it. And you know, he's he's just he's just this miserable old man that you always assumed he would be. Um, and along comes Terry McGinnis and you know and then things change. To me that's what made that show awesome because it just it just did what you didn't think it and was they going took to chances.
3: do. I mean to have it uh, Batman dated Barbara like what? Like and yes. That yes. kind of set him away from Dick Grayson, and then, you know, like, that pushed him away. And, and and to see that they never got it together, like, you always imagine no matter how much they fight, they would get it together by the end. And to, to them to not get it together like that,
0: it just... Yeah. Uh, and for them to, like, put the, the story in the future like that, you know, not... Um, you can mess with continuity that way, you know what I mm-hmm, mean? Yes. You can definitely you can take a freer hand and take some chances with the story because it's not tied to what has already happened or what's happening now. It's something that you know did happen or even the they... the, the Mister Freeze story. <laughs> yeah. Yes. See when that was another thing them. about Batman beyond it didn't lean on the Batman mythos like it wasn't like you know no. an, an it old Batman it in, though. Yeah, but they did have a Pepper again, mm-hmm. like like the one with the Bane drug. You know, coming back. That was a great. That was episode. awesome. He's
1: another one. You find out he's just like this miserable old sad right. sack of, of 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 a shell they, of a.
0: Like person. you said, they peppered them in like these old old mm-hmm. callbacks to the old school Batman mythos, along with you know the splicers and Spellbinder and Shriek and powers and and ink. You know a lot of the
3: like he kind
0: of he
3: kind of did. They kind of took the Nolan approach, meaning that. There is a sense of time, and there are things that happen. being the way they were, there were consequences for being that way. Yes, but they kept it yes. in a superhero world, and, and you know, like they didn't go too far. Like you, you just there's nothing to it. Like they kept that, they kept that sense of wonder. But at the same time, like these guys being who they were, everybody had consequences. Like the, the Mister Freeze had consequences. Bane had consequences. Raza Ghul, like I couldn't. Ne- that freaked me out. That Ross <laughs> story really freaked me out.
1: Yeah. It was it was a very adult uh, episode, and I think it was perfect for not, maybe not even adult. I, th- I think it was great for kids. So, you know, the anime series appeared in 93, so you're, you know, whatever. I mean, obviously, we're all in the older crowd of this, but, you know, it, it, 7, 8, 9, 10-year-olds, you know, Start watching Batman, you know Batman the animated series. You fast forward seven more years, so now they're you know fifteen to twenty. They can handle this kind of show, you know. It it, it uh, yeah. It, 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 it
3: didn't it didn't yeah. Like the one, the thing that irks me about the the way that Marvel does the cartoons now is that they're almost like they they feel that you the kids today are just they have no no intelligence whatsoever. It's like yeah. they're talking down to kids, you know. Like yeah. instead of doing a good cartoon, and like these cartoons were smart, like they kept it smart. They didn't go over the top. They they passed the censors, but yet they were able to do, I think, some really kind of smart stories with with this.
1: Well, look who they had. I mean, they had Paul Denny, they had Bruce Tim, they had Dwayne McDuffie. I mean, they you know. They had the right. They had people that writing comics kind of knew how to do that. Like they knew how to nuance things kind of better. Just the right
3: actually, way. they yeah. But, yeah, in a way they, they did a better job doing the cartoons than making it something that people could jump into better than a lot of comic writers now who are trying to do that.
0: Well, yeah. I think yeah. I think what they did was they took yeah. the formula that worked for them with the Batman and Superman animated series, which was basically. Distill this character down, take the best, you know, take from mm-hmm. the 30s Batman, take from the 50s Batman, take from the 80s Batman, take the, the all the things that work together and distill this character down into what makes the character work the best. With all this continuity. That, I mean, that, when you, to put it all together, like the Superman, Batman
3: animated, all that
0: stuff, and to say to us,
3: yeah, this is all canon.
0: Well, here's yeah. the thing. I mean, the reason that... Yeah. One of the reasons I got back into comics in the '90s, I'd kind of, I'd fallen out because of the hologram covers and the foil and all this other stuff, um, and plus, I didn't think comics were all that great at that point. But what got me back into it was watching Batman the animated series and that clean continuity, that mm-hmm. easy to follow you know storyline background where I didn't have to know 30 or 40 years of backstory to follow along the story. You know, just uh, guys like like you said, like Paul Dinney and. And Bruce Timm, who knew what makes, who knows, I mean, they know what makes a character work. And they distill the character down to that essence and then go forth from there. I mean, they did it with Batman, they did it with Superman, they did it with the Justice League, and with, you know, Batman Beyond, their own creation as well.
3: Well, to take a character like um, Jon Stewart and to make him more popular than Hal Jordan, who'd been, you know, Green Lantern for eons... Yeah. I mean he wasn't even yeah. the star star of the you know the cartoon it was an ensemble but it, it, with Batman and Superman kind of being in front more than anything else but then everybody else was around it but I mean yeah to take him to the point where they forced the comics to they, they forced the the uh, DC comics to kind of turn their character of John Stewart into the cartoon version. Because it kind of was so much better, like it, yeah. it was, it was yeah. better. It was, it was a lot better.
1: Then they also brought in, you know, the, towards the third season, uh, at the end they they had the two part episode called "The Call," which brought in, you know, the whole point was he was getting the call to make it up to the Justice League, and Bruce had a lot of reservations about it, um, but they bring in, you know, Superman Beyond and Big Bar. It, what it was, Superman Beyond or Superman Big Barda. A, a new Green Lantern who was a Asian was a, an Asian, a, Asian boy, yeah. And then uh, did, like, the Adam which the I second,
3: guess like what do they call it when they say that the there's a child that will be born who will be reincarnated?
0: Um, the Dalai Lama.
3: Yes, yeah, the Dalai Lama. That's basically what they did. They basically yeah. had it like the Dalai Lama gets the Green Lantern mm-hmm. ring.
0: Yeah, yeah.
1: You'll and
3: then had they them. Did, um, They had the Hawkman, the Hawk Girl, Great Warhawk. Warhol. And we didn't know back then that they tie it in, and like li- little do we know that this is going to be John Stewart and Hawker, Sierra's, yeah. son.
1: The once and future mm-hmm. thing that was the the two part the two part uh, uh, Justice League. Un- that was with Unlimited the adult static that too, that. right?
0: I love that. I love yeah, the yeah, static as growing up. I was just like, yes,
1: yeah. grizzled old static.
3: And yeah. And the darkest Superman cartoon story I've ever seen to have it yeah. that Starro yeah. took over Superman and for years have yes. been using him to kill other members of the Justice League one by
0: one. Like and then left it like like after <laughs> they
3: freed him, just left it like that. Like they just never even got back to that. There was also like that that o-
0: would, there was also a new woman or Aqua Girl.
3: Yeah, there was, yeah. he was she was the daughter of Aquaman right. and Mira. I don't even think the sun made. They didn't even mention the sun.
1: Like and then, I mean, uh, just oh, so the Adam, I guess were, what did they call him, Micron? Or
3: yeah, Micron was his name. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It, yeah. That was crazy. Like to to that blew my mind. Like to to have that that. I I always wish that they had finished that story.
1: They uh, because, it's funny if you read the Superman Beyond they which uh, I did yeah they 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 finished they kind of go back to that where he was off in, he basically went off into space and self exiled. Uh, mm-hmm. and then and then came back and was ready to, to kind of start things over again and he became yeah, became a was, fireman fireman yeah yeah <laughs> yeah
3: but even was, with was, i mean it was cool i liked it but it just I, I wish i had loved that they had just did it in the cartoon and have yeah. the original guys kind of take the story and, and move it on something else yeah. like because that was such what idea was that like that was such a great idea to have Superman, like you, Superman didn't even get a good story at the end. Like no. Superman's <laughs> life, like he didn't get to retire and and be happy and all that stuff. They turned him into a murderer. He had to sit yeah. there and and take over, and he was just murdering the Justice League. Who would have ever thought that story would get passed?
0: Well, I mean, at the end of the Superman animated series, he had been brainwashed by Darkseid into like killing and, and destroying. And, yes, that episode.
3: Um, was so I mean, great. to
0: the point where you know, um, Apocalypse now. Yeah, mm-hmm. uh, to I mean, the brainwashed, you know, a level of violence so much that, that um, uh, Hamilton, um, the, the Star Labs, uh, uh, yeah, doctors uh, turn on him and ended up with, yeah. uh, with Cadmus. And it, I, I always thought it was cool how that kind of played out along the you know, lines in the Justice League stories, you know, going forward, you know, Superman having to prove himself all over again to the world after doing that. Yeah. Yeah. And then and the, still the, couldn't do it. And then the Superman Beyond thing kind of calls back to that, you know.
1: But yeah. yeah, just so many, so many good, good moments. And and like I said, if you if you're a fan of Batman Beyond, uh, check out the the comics. They did these weekly. You know, the, if they were in full comic form, they would have turned out to be like eleven page comics. So yeah. they're ninety nine cents. They did two full. I call them two full seasons. I guess probably about fifty issues each of Batman Beyond. Uh, they not so many issues as Superman Beyond. I think that lasted maybe 20 issues or so. Yeah, that
3: got canceled earlier. Yeah.
1: yeah, and then Justice League Beyond. And there were a lot of good things. with the Justice League Beyond was really cool, and they did... When they went to the 2.0, they fast-forward like one year, and there was a cu- a big crossover between the Justice League 2.0 and B- Batman Beyond 2.0 where they go to the Justice Lords universe. Oh, or yeah, the and, yeah. and the Justice Lords come to, to ours. So it was really... Uh, it was it was really well done and and if you think there's some crazy like batman uh Dick Grayson Barbara Gordon love triangle stuff they 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 twist that on its ear uh in the batman beyond 2.0 they even um,
3: give you the story of when um the uh when what happened to John John Stewart after you know everything was over like what happened to him and Shiara and yeah. When they got back together and, you know, how they, how that child came about to become who he became. Yeah. I mean, that that was crazy, man. It it was good. I, like, it's still available. So, if people, you know, if you want to pick it up, I, I think it, it really is a good thing to pick up. Like, where were, like, do you remember, like, where were you when you saw Superman look at Lex Luthor president? And finally, they stop him. Like It looks like a regular episode of the Justice League where he comes in and Luther yes. was about to destroy the world. And Superman comes in That he's like, I got it. Uh, he told Diana, I have it. I got him. And he looks at Lex and Lex is all crazy and angry. And you think, all right, Superman's going to take him and put him in jail. And he opens his eyes, turns red. Yeah and that's it joker and lex is gone i remember me and my friends were like did you see that <laughs> did you see that like yeah. that was amazing because you still didn't know that was a different world yet you didn't know that was a an alternate yeah. earth. Yeah. so like to do those type of things like they really had a like, you could tell they all had a good time doing this like a great time um doing these stories
1: yeah but then the two on the you know for Batman Beyond they brought in like they had really long arcs with like the Royal Flush Gang where yes you know he he, he the I guess it was ten became his almost like his girlfriend like they they she, did, you know, she, yeah. she was trying to be you know to go straight and he mm-hmm. was you know Terry was trying to help her out and uh, you know she just because he of, was a
3: trouble kid because yeah
1: of, it mm-hmm.
3: gets into his story a little bit more where he was a a trouble kid it, it like that changed it from. This isn't the Peter Parker. Like he was right. a bad kid at one yeah. time. Like he was, you know, he's atoning for that. Like that, he's different. It's different than the others. Like he just didn't avenge his father because he did wind up getting revenge for his father being murdered.
1: Then there was that um, that one episode ahead. too where they show how Bruce got uh, uh, Ace because Ace got he got hurt. Mm-hmm. He, he was. Was he defending Terry? He jumped in the way of a bullet or something weird. Like, like Ace got injured, and then right. it, the whole thing became the story of how Bruce, like how how Ace became like his yeah, his. Because even that
3: was a long arc. Because Ace hated him.
1: Yes, Ace hated yes. Terry in the beginning. Yes,
3: they didn't become friend. Like you see the movie, you think, oh, they must have really hit it off right away. Like you know how they're close. They are no, no, they didn't. <laughs> <laughs> like yeah. that dog hated Terry hated terry like that was a long arc i think it was like at least five or six episodes before they had that story where they you know they kind of yeah. had to, to, to team up with each other and and bond
1: the only thing i didn't like about that show the only villain or the only arc i really wasn't a fan of was the whole powers thing mm-hmm. because it was like wayne powers and so powers kind of uh kind of took over for for bruce and i guess you know after bruce kind of retired powers just kind of rose up the ranks or whatever and and then when he became that crazy radiation man uh thing i don't know that just
3: and luckily they didn't i think they they, got tired of it too because yeah yeah they ended it yeah it did stay around also good like that was something also that they did that you didn't see much in in animation was they ended story arcs yeah yeah, like they went through the whole thing of him becoming Cobra. like, oh, yeah, yeah. He, Cobra start. Yeah, they ended. He actually ended a lot of these story arcs when they stopped running out of juice. Like they just said, it's time to time to wrap it up.
0: Yeah, I thought that was kind of a villain that went nowhere, especially compared to some of the other better villains he had. Yeah, they I wanted Alex. Like
3: Lex. Sweet. It looked it looked like they wanted a Lex Luther.
0: Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah, yeah, or maybe like a Harry Osborn or um, yeah, yeah, Osborn type, like that. Yeah. Norman Osborn type.
3: Cause he was almost psycho by the end by the time they took him out
0: yeah right and didn't he have some sort of like coating that made him look normal but didn't last very long yes and it would yes. burn
3: every time he would get mad yeah. because he would yes. always have that scene of That's him standing there saying i'm going to get evidence and i'm going to take you down and he would you know and he would taunt him but he, and as he would get mad because he would lose it would burn away the skin and then mm-hmm. he would have to get the treatment again. Yeah, it was a little bit too much of the sinister criminal of the of the week type of thing. I think they did that for toys, though. I think they were told Probably. they were kind of forced to do something yeah. like that, like a bright figure.
0: Yeah, they did. They did have a blight action figure. They also had a Joker's action figure. Yeah, and then about a hundred variations of Terry.
3: They sure did. <laughs> yeah, I, that's that car was amazing. The, yes. the flying car. And how his suit would plug into the car?
1: Yeah, and it was all red, like tinted, like it had that red, you know, lighting on it on the yes. inside. Yes, which makes sense because I guess that red color like that doesn't affect your night vision. So if right. you think about it, like even in a realistic standpoint, it you would you, that kind of coloring would not jack up your eyes. But Plus, anyway. it looked
0: really, really cool. Yes. Yes. <laughs> yeah. Amazing. We we
1: so much just it was just a lot of fun i mean there were there were a few episodes that were kind of some stinkers and that just yeah, had a few you know that yeah. were a little droll but i mean it i guess what the first season was 13 episodes the second season was 26 and then the third was 13 so you know there's 50 plus episodes and then and then the movie yeah, and then they tried
3: to do a spin
0: off they tried to remember with the robot they yeah the zeta the yeah. yeah the zeta project <laughs>
1: Yeah, so much good. Like it just, it was just so, so good. I mean, it was, it was a nice breath of fresh air uh, after, you know, because we got Batman the animated series, uh, and then they changed that up where, you know, they kind of when they brought Batgirl in, and they had Nightwing, and they changed the look and the feel of the show, and
0: right, then, the, then we had changed Super- the title even to the new Batman yeah, Adventures. The Bat-
1: yeah, and then we then we had Superman, you know, the animated series, and and to go from that to then. Batman Beyond before we got Justice League. It was just it was it was a nice switch.
3: Oh, it definitely was.
1: Get on it, Rich. Get on it.
2: (laughs) I yeah. I plan on it. I'm looking at my Prime
3: account right now and looking at all the stuff, so
1: Yeah, that that pilot was just so I mean the first five minutes of that pilot you're just like, Oh my god.
3: It was appointment television. I mean it it made it it really was the last of the you you didn't go outside till you made sure you were you were home to watch that before you went out.
0: Yeah, for me that kind of solidified the whole like reign of the '90s that Warner Brothers had over Saturday morning animation. Between like you said, the Batman and Superman animated series, um, Batman Beyond. They also had the um, uh, Animaniacs, Pinky and the Brain. Yeah, but yeah, you know, yeah. very very popular franchises going on at that time. They they had it on lock. I mean, except for the X Men cartoon, um, they're you know pretty much pumping out everything good at that point. Well, the um, the movie Return of the Joker itself. Uh, We start out with the Joker's gang that we were talking about before. There's uh, Bonk, uh, portrayed by Henry Rollins. Uh, Chucko, who's a large, oversized clown by Don Harvey. There's a Splicer, who's half man, half hyena. Uh, Michael Rosenbaum as Ghoul, as we mentioned. And then the Dee Dee twins, Delia and Deidre, uh, both voiced by Melissa Joan Hart. And we get a little um, Easter egg at the end of this uh, episode. We find out who their their mom uh, is. Um, yeah, I thought pretty, that was cool. Pretty, pretty mm-hmm. cool shout-out. Uh, uh, Batman find, uh, Batman Beyond finds them uh, trying to steal some high-tech stuff. There's a really cool opening sequence uh, pre-credits uh, as he fights them and st- tries to stop them. They don't get away with what they're trying to get, but they do get away from him. Um, and then we go into the credits after You know, they, they get away. He's kind of like st- sitting on the ledge of a building watching an explosion as, they, as the uh, Jokers get away. The, with, back in the uh, the Batcave, we get uh, you know the uh, Bruce Wayne, uh, Kevin Conroy, the great Kevin Conroy, of course. Um, he's throwing the scene that uh, Daryl was talking about before. He's practicing by throwing a batarang to keep his skills sharp. The you know Terry comes in and tells him what happens, It's the scene turns out the same group of Joker's have been trying to steal tech over the past few months, um, as they um, a news reporter is on the TV about um, various plot specific very convenient, <laughs> Bruce's plans uh, to take control of Wayne Enterprises after, um, after years of absence. Um, the, the company is happy about it, but the um, but Jordan Price, the one, bo- one board member, uh, voiced by Mark Hamill, as I said before, the red herring of the story, um, is, is pretty bitter about the transition because he was next in line uh, after, after the departure of Derek Powers, who we were talking about before. Uh, for the chief position because, you know, he became blight and, you know, all glowy and stuff. We follow the Joker's game back to the hideout. And, uh, and they keep, uh, whoever's their boss in shadow for the first part of this, um, sequence. Um, which I thought was pretty, pretty cool. And, you know, they tell him, you know, they didn't make it in time. He, he smashes what they did bring them, uh, bring him, you know, saying it's not enough. And then Bonk, the big character, um, you know, the big muscle-bound character, questions, uh, you know who this you know who his authority is you know, and tells him he doesn't even think he's re- for real to begin with and He comes out of the shadows and it's we get a really cool reveal uh, Of him as the Joker uh, In an all-black bodysuit and he uh, he pulls out a gun and it's good it says bang the flag and then they smile and then he shoots the trigger, pulls the trigger again and it shoots out a spear um, from the um, from a gun and kills bunk dead on the table uh, with the joker venom. The next night Bruce and Terry are at a function for Wayne Enterprises to announce You know his coming back to the company the Joker and the uh, the Joker's attack uh, As a diversion for the other two uh, two of the uh, members of the, the uh, group to get uh, Some more of this high-tech but this time from Wayne Enterprises uh, um, this, this is a really great scene especially with um Bruce uh, fighting off uh, the DD uh, girls and then uh, getting knocked to his knees and then looking up to see the Joker's face and just the look that they animate on, on Bruce Wayne's face when he sees the Joker step out of the cloud of smoke is uh, it's pretty awesome, I thought. Dead and Beyond puts himself uh, comes back to the scene puts himself between the joker and bruce the joker causes an explosion for you know uh, to put people in harm's way uh, terry has to save them and does and when he does the joker's uh, escape bruce, when he drives bruce home bruce is uh, very shaken about this he did the right thing and he you know he just you know tells him not to go near the joker not to not to not do anything about this uh Terry, of course, not wanting to know what's going on, goes to Angie Harmon's uh, Barbara Gordon, asking her questions because she was uh, she used to be Batgirl. She doesn't tell him anything at that point either. Um, they, they then cut to the Batcave. Bruce is analyzing the the, uh, the voice samples, and they seem to match. They, you know, they're trying to figure out how. You know, this is possible when the Joker should be in his 80s, like Bruce, um, if he's still alive. He tells him, you know, and this starts uh, a large argument between the two of them, and Terry storms out without the bat suit to go back to his life. And he does so, and his family barely recognizes him. Uh, he goes out to uh, the, the nightclub, and while he is there, um, finally... I liked know, his little
2: brother during that whole sequence of that. Oh, right, stranger yeah. that. I thought that was
0: He's New Serial. Um, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> We, um, we go back to the nightclub that Terry was falling asleep at before because of his Batman duties, and now he's having fun with Dana. And, you know, he seems he's like trying to make peace with a life without Batman. And as just as that happens, he's attacked by the DD twins. Not Batman, Terry McGinnis, his civilian identity, is attacked. Um, at the Batcave at the same time, Bruce is examining some chemicals when uh, he's attacked by a gas bomb. Uh, it's full of Joker gas and the Joker emerges from the shadows and this is the point where i first saw this when i was like oh man the crap's hitting the fan now i'm just like what the you know i just like my eyes are, are getting huge i'm just like whoa what the how could you know what the and, and Terry fights off the the jokers gang in the nightclub dana's hurt and struggle though he knocks a giant lava lamp on him pretty much terry finds bruce in the back or you know tries to call bruce on the intercom and gets the machine which he knows something is up then because you never get bruce's machine and uh, he goes to Wayne Manor. He finds you know everything's been torn up. Even Ace has been kind of whipped. Uh, he goes you know, down the, the the staircase into the back cave, and ha 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 is is, is just been painted on everything, uh, the computer, you know, the floor, everywhere. It's Just a really cool visual uh, as he walks into the back cave, and he finds Bruce there uh, in the throes of the Joker toxin. Um, Bruce is just barely able to, to screech out or to, you know, in between laughter to tell Terry where the antidote is, uh, to help him return to normal and just, you know, barely save you know, get to him just in time to save Bruce's life.
1: That was one of the, the sequences that was changed where in the, in the, un, in the rated version, it was purple. All the ha ha ha's were purple. And then the unrated, it was meant to be, to make you think it was blood Right. So it was all red. So that was that was one of the changes they they did.
3: That was a creepy scene.
1: Yeah. Yeah,
0: yeah. That was another scene. It's just like you know, wow, they're really raising the stakes in the story.
2: There's a couple of scenes in this that I was just kind of like, wow, that is super creepy, very creepy. Uh, later, when we first see what they've done to Tim, I'm just like, uh, I was creeped out by that animation, just. That was pretty good.
0: Barbara comes by the next day to uh, Wayne Manor to help look over Bruce. Terry's like look I need some answers man they're, they're, he's attacking me as Terry not as Batman So Barbara tells him the story about how um, you know there was there were Batman and Robin and Tim uh, there's Batman and Batgirl and Tim Drake as Robin and uh, while Robin was on patrol alone he gets lured in by um, by like a decoy crime and taken out by Harley Quinn. Uh, Robin is uh, missing for what they say like three months, and uh, they during this time Batman and and Batgirl are you know scouring the underworld trying to find anything they can find out about Tim because he's been abducted you know and taken away and they haven't heard nothing. And
1: Batman's getting more hardcore than normal, like right. you know he's not afraid to you know punch and kick his way through stuff, but but they make a point of saying you know how hardcore he's being uh you know while they're looking for uh for tim because obviously the more the time goes by the more dire the you know the situation
0: right the the one scene where they show uh, him throwing guys through the window of the stack deck and they pan slowly at, like another dutch angle and then all you see are the two batman white eyes uh coming out of the the darkness i thought was really really cool it was almost like a daredevil scene more than a batman scene at that point very much so. Batman and Batgirl find was obviously, a, you know, a, a booby trap from the Joker. Uh, inside, there are clues that lead them to the now defunct Arkham Asylum, uh, the remains of which are, are left after. Um, it looks like I don't know. It looks like it exploded. It looks like it blew up. The, I don't. They didn't say anything. They just said that it was abandoned due, re- due to relocation. Right. Um, but I mean, it looks like wreckage, especially the part where Batgirl and Harley fighting a little bit. Um, They go in separately, Batman goes in and uh, gets captured by the Joker Batgirl goes to free him but Batman signals to let the Joker play this out He has like, uh, welcome to our little family, they have like a suburban setup there in uh, in, um, Arkham Asylum and he explains to Batman that, you know, he they wanted a kid of their own but they, you know, Harley didn't want to have to go through all the joys of childbirth as she (laughs) calls them and uh, so they, you know as, uh, as Mark Howell's joker puts it he always remembered Batman having a kid a spare kid or two around <laughs> so he borrowed one of his and they uh, have brainwashed Tim Drake and you find out later um, with the the
3: you know the, you know I have to one thing I just want to throw in I have to give it to um the one that does the voice for uh, uh, older Barber where she's telling you yeah, Angie Harmon's voice telling this story, telling this crime story, it just it just worked, yeah, so well. Even if it wasn't Bruce telling it, it just worked even well because she was able to show the emotion and and whatnot. Well go ahead, Jim.
0: I'm sorry, I just had to throw. Oh it no, away. no, it's totally cool, dude. I mean, it's a, it's a podcast. Don't you know? Don't apologize for talking. <laughs> That's kind of why we're here, right? Um, the uh, Arkham Asylum, uh, as I said, Joker has been brainwashing uh, Tim Drake to turn him into little JJ Joker Jr. as he calls him. He steps out from the shadows and there's Tim Drake in in the white face and the, uh, the, the suit of the Joker and his hair slicked back, just looking horrified. horrified. This is what
2: I was talking about was just, I mean, I was very creeped out by this scene. I was like, wow,
1: (laughs) that was probably the biggest uh, WTF moment in, an animated show probably almost in any movie even i think i've ever seen because it's yeah, just like you're just not expecting that and it's not at like all. it's like what <laughs> they, they they went there really with a robin yeah. really and just like, thinking oh of all
3: God. the things i couldn't couldn't get out of my head all the horrible things that joker might have done to him mm-hmm, to mm-hmm. turn him into that like i they i saw the table with the you know watching the uncut you saw the 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 tools and stuff and it's like i the horror was just thinking the untold things he probably did to him you know because there's that oh. that
1: part where he has i i guess it's, it's a little further on but where he's he start he starts the maniacal laugh and yes. he's got the smile on his face and he's crying, like the tears are coming down oh, from his eyes. Man. Just like, oh my god, like, rip my heart out.
3: It was so horrible. You yeah. hated the Joker even more. Like, the rage that, that, that Batman has when he says, you know what? It's over. This is done.
1: Yeah. <laughs>
3: like, he was willing to kill the Joker if he had gotten his hands on him. Like, he's, all his, when he threw the, the, the batarangs and stuff, they were to kill. Like, yeah. everything were the... He just missed him because he was just so angry. But it, he was in that mode of I'm going to kill him. Like, he well, did cross the line.
0: There is there is a scene. Well, we'll get to it really quick here. Uh, Batman takes uh, off to fight the Joker uh, into a theater uh, area, and our Batgirl and uh, and Harley Quinn break off into the wreckage along with Tim Drake of uh, of Arkham Asylum, and they fight among amongst the wreckage there. As Batman and Joker are fighting, uh, Joker leads Batman into a a theater and shows him, uh, our family memories. And this is the part that you're talking about, where he explains what he did to Tim. He shows him on, on an electrocution table, um, you know, strapped to it, and, and, again, with the table, with all the different implements of, of torture and, and, and brainwashing. Uh, but the, you know, Batman is just re- enraged so much by Joker's little, you know, voiceover soliloquy. He jumps through the, uh, the glass of the projection booth. We have this really cool scene with, uh, where they're fighting and the uh, the the projector has been knocked over, so they fight in this kind of like stylized shadow for a few minutes. Yeah, mm-hmm. and that that is a really cool uh, bit. And they finally find their way back to the, the main area, like the, the suburban area that they started out in. And Batman is holding Joker's throat in his hands, and you know he's saying he's going to kill him. And Joker's like, "Oh, if you had the capacity for that kind of fun, you would have done it years ago." And it's, it's at that point the Joker pulls out a knife and cuts Batman. Meanwhile, Batgirl's fighting Harley Quinn. They fight amongst the wreckage, and they come are both hanging out from a precipice. And Harley's uniform rips, and she falls down into a giant black hole. No body, no death, so we'll find yeah. out later. Um, Batgirl comes in to see Batman you know, bleeding, laying on the floor. Um, the Joker is there, and Tim is there and uh, has come in uh, with the, the Big Bang gun. And uh, Joker's telling him, go ahead, go ahead, shoot, shoot Batman, kill him for me, you know, you know, be, be the son I've always wanted. And he pulls the, the gun, and it's the exact same gun that we saw him kill Bonk with earlier, because the first trigger pull, the flag comes out and says, bang. And then Tim moves the gun away from Batman to the Joker, and takes the second shot and kills and shoots the Joker point blank with a spear in the, in the, in the chest. And then breaks down in the scene that Russ was referring to earlier, laughing and then laughing and then just breaking down crying and a heartbreaking scene
3: it was it really was
0: yeah yeah i agree yeah after completing the, after the story barbara tells terry that batman that the joker is buried beneath arkham uh, harley's body was never found batman is a little uh suspicious of tim because he would be the one, you know somebody who would know the secret identities and everything so he tries to stealth you know, watch tim in stealth you know a mode of a suit but Tim spots him because he, of the training he had as Robin. You know, he talks to him. and, he, and he, you know, he just seems like a normal guy. You know, Tim Drake is a communications engineer now. He's working on some satellite dish. He's a middle aged guy, and you know, he just, you know, he just wants to live his life. So Terry leaves him and follows up a second lead, which is Jordan Price, or as I'm calling, you know, as we called him before, Mister Red Herring. They, he sneaks up on the boat just to find Jordan Price talking to the Joker's. Evidently, you know, he had been doing some business with him, but now. We find out the Joker's are actually there to kill Price in order to, you know, tie up loose ends, as it were. Batman saves Price from the yacht exploding. Price is taken into custody because of his involvement with the Joker's. The Batcave, they, they you know, um, you know, Bruce is recovering. He's trying. Uh, he's at the computer. He's trying to figure out what's what's going on. And in the the trophy case, they find they look in there and that um, they see that one of the Robin costumes, Tim's Robin costume, has been ripped to shreds. Way way more than everything else and uh, that leads him back to go uh, confront Tim. Uh, Batman goes to confront Tim at, at a research station and it turns out that, that Tim Drake is no more just a hologram. Uh, the image disappears.
3: And he worked it as a case I mean all through this the whole thing of the, the, the gang stealing parts and all that kind of stuff It didn't all add up for me at first. Like it, it, they really did it like a mystery.
0: He confronts Tim in a a workshop, and and while he's talking to Tim, Tim calls him Terry. How do you know who that? My true identity or whatever. And Tim is like, "Wait, you want to stick around for the show?" And it turns out that when uh, Tim Drake was in uh, the Joker's clutches, he implanted a microchip into the back of Tim's head that implanted, implanted the Joker's DNA into Tim's system, essentially making Tim a clone of the Joker that could turn on and off the, the flip of microchip. Tim Drake has been the Joker. He's been uh, collecting these parts to get uh, satellite access to a satellite defense system. Terry fights the Joker and then ends up using his own psychology against him. He, calls, he insults him, he calls him less than a comedian and he berates his own original jokes. Well, he turns into Spider-Man for Right, real. exactly. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> he must have really enjoyed playing with the original Batman because he could never get a laugh out of him. And then he starts laughing at uh, at the Joker, who really that really makes him mad. He starts blowing a lot yeah. more stuff up. Manages to get the jump on Terry. He gets like a wall on top of him. He's on top of the wall. He pulls Terry's mask off. He's like, "Who's laughing now?" Le- uh, Terry looks at him and says, "Ha ha!" And he has stolen the Joker's joy buzzer. And hits him on the neck with it, shorting out the microchip and shorting out the Joker.
3: Well, that was just the perfect thing. Like, that buzzer fit perfectly onto that little uh, chip.
1: And just that whole sequence, what was awesome about that is just Terry had to beat the Joker by not being Bruce.
0: Right. Beat him on his own terms. Yes.
1: You know, and again, it just kind of shows that Terry, you know, throughout the journey of the show... Was trying to be his own Batman. You know, he wanted to have a life as well as be Batman. Where Batman, you know, Bruce, buried himself in Batman. You know, Batman. Well, he, Terry was, had a
3: life. Terry yes. actually grew up in the streets yes. and he had girlfriends and he had friends and he and he committed crimes. He knew what it felt like to be a delinquent because he was one.
1: Yeah. But but even after he became Batman, you know, he still went mm-hmm. to school and he still tried oh, yeah. to, you know, do oh, things. Yeah. Whereas. You know, once once Bruce made the decision to be Batman, that w- that, that was, was who he was. Right. You know, but Bruce was the disguise. You know, kind of like the you know the you know we always say the anti Superman, right? You know, where where Batman is who he is, and that and Bruce is the is the disguise. With Terry, he wanted his cake and and eat it too, and he didn't understand. You know, why can't I be both? And and just the way that he goes about beating the Joker was, you know, he's expecting me to be Bruce, and I'm not Bruce, and there's a reason Bruce couldn't beat the Joker all, all this time, and you know, I've I've kind of figured it out. So I, I just, again, it just it just shows the the the, the smartness of the show and the in the way it was it was or the movie in this case, but just in general how it was written.
0: How about you, Chubb? This is your first or a foray into all this. What did you think?
1: Yeah.
2: I, well, overall, I, I thought it was great. I loved the whole mystery of it. Um, you know, there were things that. I thought were telegraphing themselves and it was good misdirection. Um, The only real thing that kind of, you know, of course it's suspension of disbelief and all that, but why, why did Joker or the DNA, the clone? I mean, did the process take almost 40 years or why, why did he wait 40 years for his return?
3: Remember? Well, when they were telling the story, remember the, the chip, only could work when he was asleep so slowly the more he slept the more it fed at his subconscious to the point where it was able to so it just took it a while to grow into right that. right okay.
2: watched it late last night by the time i got to that point i may have missed
3: something so but yeah, yeah that's what mean, he explains yeah. to him he says that to him during the uh when they're in the, the, the lab
2: even more to just the batman beyond you know i mean i've kind of known the synopsis of what batman beyond was it's i wasn't you know totally in the dark on it it's just it was at a time when i just wasn't really watching a lot of tv had a lot going on in my life and stuff and um just never got around to watching it but you know just watching this you know if anybody ever wonders you know what what would it take to draw someone in to it i mean i'm ready to binge watch the entire series now because of this one movie uh i loved it so much and i mean you know I was wondering is the series as well done as this movie but listening to you guys tonight it seems it is so I, I, I'm just I'm excited to discover something that's 15 years old so
0: yeah let it well I would say if you're gonna go binge watch it let the let the, let it build. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, it doesn't start out, you know, um, at 500 miles an hour right off the bat, but let it build a story. Oh, I'm sure. Then when, you know, when those big story beats do hit later, they'll have a lot more impact. Because Russ had mentioned
2: uh, Justice League Unlimited. Uh, My buddy John, I was talking to him last night. Before I watched it, and he was saying, you know, he couldn't believe I hadn't seen it either, and blah blah blah. And then he was going on about how, you know, they get they, that it ends up helping end the Justice League Unlimited run, and that's just uh, bad me. But that's another thing I've just not seen either. Oh so, wow! Um, you have a lot of homework then. Yeah. I yeah, I have <laughs> a, there just there was there was just a run in the, in in the early 2000s where. I had a lot going on, mostly avoiding going home to my ex-wife uh, or wife at the time. But, you know, I just, I wasn't able to see a lot of movie or movies, TV and stuff like that until later. And this is, these are just things that kind of get kept getting pushed back, getting pushed back. And uh, I'm going to make the time now. Cause I, I, I really, really enjoyed this, you know, for something that is 15 years old, I just, it, it's, it's timeless because I, it was great. Um, one thing I don't know about the Batman, well, there's several things I don't know about the Batman Beyond uh, uh, canon, but at some point they called it Neo Gotham. Did did Gotham burn down and get rebuilt, or torn down, or is this a different area of Gotham, or what? Why is it called Neo Gotham?
1: I th- I think it's just that whole Akira influence, maybe they because yeah. the show kind of had a slight anime tilt to it. Uh, it did, yeah. if, so i i think it was more like an homage to that they never really talk about a cataclysm or anything crazy that happens that would warrant it being neo-gotham but again i think it was just to kind of set the tone
2: definite thumbs up on this animated film and just you know i'm um, i i the the only animated of this universe i've seen is the batman you know animated series uh so you know seeing all this i mean i I, i've seen some of the superman the animated series but i've not even seen all of that either
1: yeah there's 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 a lot of good stuff but yeah definitely if you if you end up watching all of this then uh there's a two-part episode of justice league unlimited it's it's called the there's the one it was it it was the once and future thing and then like weird western tales or something like that it was a two-parter and one, the first part ends with them flipping over to the Batman Beyond uh. time frame and then the second episode picks up from there and then they kind of move on. And then epilogue is definitely – it's not the last Justice League epi- Unlimited episode but um, – because Unlimited actually came back for another season that they didn't think was going to happen.
0: Right. Yeah. Um,
1: so it was like the end of the okay. second to the, la- to the last season. Uh, but it's called <laughs> epilogue. And and definitely when you get to the end of that, then then check it out. And the movie kind of falls in the in between. It's weird because the show the show ended like in 01 and the movie came out like right it right in two thousand.
0: Uh, Sweet. Um, the one thing I didn't I didn't mention at the end of the episode, or at the end of this movie, uh, that you see the DD Dee Dee twins being released from jail on bond to custody of their grandmother, who beats them over the head and calling them ungrateful. And the girls leave with her, and they call her Nana Harley.
1: Yeah. <laughs> And it's Arlene Sorkin I, uh, doing the voice. <laughs> yeah.
0: Um, and then they show uh, Terry um, meeting Tim in the hospital. Tim thanks Terry for, for saving him, and then Bruce goes in to make his peace with Tim. And then we see uh, Terry donning the bat suit once more and going out fighting crime. Yeah. And
2: and there's a story that I wonder if anyone's ever thought to try to tell or anything is is the gap between Harley falling down. The chasm and 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 this you know what what was the story of her life at that point you know from then on it'd be interesting
0: to know harley quinn beyond
2: yeah sounds yeah. like
0: a fanfic in the making go ahead
2: <laughs>
0: <laughs> you could be making a slash fic with felicity
2: oh, hey
0: there. well okay that's uh that, that about does it for the dctv podcast i think this week right guys um, thanks, yep. thanks so much to uh, to Rich and Daryl and and, uh, and Russ our special guests for joining us uh, if you want to check out what Daryl is doing the Daryl uh, Taylor Network of Podcasts has just relaunched their website it's uh, don't call it a comeback because he's been here for years um, <laughs> the, the website's launched and relaunched and uh, the the shows are coming back bit by bit. Um, Amy Tomasa, the web mistress, is doing a lot of work to bring all that stuff back. Yes. So, yes, Oracle is working hard. Yes, Oracle is working hard to get the Taylor Network back online. Uh, if you are, are of any uh, kind of geeky stripe, there is going to be something there for you to enjoy. Also, um, the if you're listening to this podcast and I assume you are because it's almost the end now, (laughs) then you know all about Uh, HHWLOD.com. But in case you don't, let me tell you, if you like the Geeky TV, and I imagine you do, because this is a DC TV podcast and you've been listening to it for almost two hours now. Um, we have uh, podcasts that cover a lot of other geeky shows, including the Walking Dead TV podcast. We have the Ichapod Crane Cast, which covers uh, Sleepy Hollow. We also have the It's All Connected podcast that Russ is a regular uh, guru of that covers the Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. show. You're going to be covering the Agent Carter show now that it's coming out. And I assume the, the Netflix shows as they come out. We just got the release date for Daredevil in April.
1: Yeah, yeah, definitely. Yeah,
0: I'm very psyched for that, dude. That's going to be awesome. So, uh, definitely check out that website, or that, I'm sorry, definitely check out that podcast, it's all connected, not only do they cover the, the Marvel TV, but they also cover how it connects to all the movies that are going to be coming out, and we, mean, uh, you know, we just got the Ant-Man trailer, so everybody's very hyped about that as well, so com. again DCTV Podcast as a Facebook group, please join it, we're almost up to 100 members now, and I'd like to see that happen, at least. We have a lot of good news there being provided by guys like Carlos Carmona and Ra- Rafael Sands and Chubb Toad and myself, uh, all about the DC TV shows and all about the DC movies that are on the way. So.
2: And with the with the numbers of the fifty to 60,000 of you listening to us right now, there's, we should be way higher than 100 likes, so come on, like Yeah,
0: us. it doesn't take much to like a Facebook group, everybody, so doesn't cost anything, and it'll make you feel good. Also, you can leave us uh, reviews on iTunes now. We're on the iTunes, everybody. We have finally made it as a podcast, so please leave us reviews there. And as I said earlier, you can send us an email at dctv at h-h-w-o-r-d.com. And please do, because we'd love to hear what you think of the show and of the DCTV shows. So until next week, guys, when we talk about our next episode of Gotham, and whatever else who flies through the transom. Thanks again, Russ, for being with us. Uh, we are ghosts. Huh?